If Buildings Could Talk is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. If buildings could talk, what would they say? What does the building stand for, literally and figuratively? Hear the stories behind our buildings and how the design of these places positively impacts the lives of individuals and the success of our city. Welcome to If Buildings Could Talk, hosted by John Commison and Kelly Thompson. I think the main goal has always been to make every guest feel special. So we try to make every single person that comes through the door, if they're not already a regular, we try to make them become one. Aria Tuscan Grill features the best of Italy and is one of the longtime great restaurants and pioneers of fine dining in Uptown Charlotte. In this episode, we'll hear from the proprietor of well-known Sonoma Restaurant Group, Aria's general manager, and a couple who dines at the restaurant almost every single weekend on how the major renovation over a decade ago has been transformational for Uptown Charlotte and adds to the vibrancy of our city. If Aria can talk, um, it will say, activate your senses. It would say, timeless designs, timeless memories. Hey everybody, I'm John Commison. And I'm Kelly Thompson. And we're your hosts for If Buildings Could Talk. Today's story is about Aria Tuscan Grill. Kelly, what can you tell us about Aria? Well, John, speaking from experience, Aria is definitely a great place to eat. Located in Founders Hall at the Bank of America Corporate Center here in Charlotte, Aria is one of the longtime great restaurants and one of the pioneers, actually, for fine dining in Uptown. It brings the best of Italy, capturing the flavors of Tuscany, where old world comfort food is reimagined in a modern metropolitan setting. We'll hear today about how, during a major renovation of Founders Hall, the restaurant was designed in a space that was formerly an exterior covered vehicular drop-off area with a lobby and a staircase that went up to Founders Hall and the Blumenthal Performing Arts Center. It was quite a transformation and has definitely proven to be a successful one for our city. Great. Well, we heard from our first two guests at the top of the episode with their thoughts on what the facility would say. Pierre Bader is a longtime restaurateur in Charlotte and the proprietor of Sonoma Restaurant Group that includes Cicchetti, which is a wine bar, small plate and wine shop concept, as well as Aria Tuscan Grill, which we'll be discussing today. And Daniel Montano is a partner at Little and leads the Experience Design Studio. Daniel was a key member of the design team for Aria. Pierre and Daniel, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, John. Sure. Let's start with the name of the restaurant, which I love. For our listeners, an aria is a long accompanied song for a solo voice, and it's typically heard in operas or oratorios. Probably most everyone has heard 
Luciano Pavarotti or Maria Callas sing an aria from an Italian opera. And you're transported to a different place in culture when listening. Pierre, does the name follow the concept for the restaurant or did the name actually help to drive the concept? Uh, I think the name helped to drive the concept. Um, it was, uh, you know, and, and the location part of it as well, um, just being um, also on the doorsteps of the Blumenthal Performing Arts Center where there's uh, symphonies and and operas and, and plays and so forth. Um, so we kind of played on that. Um, and, and I think we succeeded with that because it's a, it's a short name. It's, it means something. Um, it's, uh, it's innovative and uh, it's memorable. Pierre, let's back up just a, just a bit. Um, tell us about how you managed to secure this space in Founders Hall and, and how all of that came about. Well, that was a now good 11 years ago, but um, Bank of America was, um, and it was all, kind of, they were building the one BAC, uh, the bank is, uh, I think the Ritz was under construction, and um, Founders Hall um, was going through some renovation of some sort. I think there was a, a spiral staircase that kind of was in the middle of it. And uh, this kind of came after 9-11. Um, like you said, at one point or another, that used to be a cart port or a valet drop-off. Um, area when you went into Founders Hall um, and you dropped your car off there and then there was this revolving door and then stairs that took you up to Founders Hall. Um, and somehow or another, I guess, great architects uh, like you guys um, think about a space and how to make good use out of it. So the bank came to us and said, hey, we've got this space. Uh, and, and at one point or another, I really didn't envision it and didn't see it um, until I started like walking it. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. Um, and, um, and, and it, it came together and you, you guys were the lead um, architects uh, for these projects. Pierre, you told us that every successful restaurant has two critical professionals involved as part of the process. What are they? I think it's in the beginning, um, you got to have a good architect. Um, that goes without and, saying, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I have said it all along, everything that all every restaurant that we've opened, you've got to have a great architect and you've got to have a great lawyer. Um, the architect is to design a great space and then the lawyer is to give you a great lease. Pierre, after 11 years, do you feel like the design remains timeless as you intended it to? I think we've accomplished that. We have not, I mean, to this day I tell people because, you know, we, we hear it from customers a lot. So, um, a customer walks in and we, you, you say your age as a restaurant, like we've been here for 11 years, and then their response is always back, it always looks new. Um, 
And when they say that, you know, that's that's a compliment to you all um, when it says it still looks new. Uh, to me, that's like music to somebody's ear. And we've been around, all of us, I think, traveled around the world and, and, and so forth. And you walk into some of these spaces where there are iconics. And and uh, you know they 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 look that they've been there for either two years or fifty years and they still look the same. Outside of like the timelessness um, piece, Pierre, like when you kind of walked through or walked through the space initially, you you had your name, you knew what kind of food you would be serving. Outside of timelessness, what was your what was your vision for the space and how did you then kind of communicate that to the design team? We kind of told them that, um, you know, we want people to come in and, and feel good, um, feel, uh, you know, just give them like a good, comfortable, great feeling where even to this day when I personally you know sit down in in the bar dining room and look towards the bar i mean it it it's from the entrance of it the dining room doesn't look so big but from another angle it looks really massive and but the way that these lights flow and 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 the layout of the space flow um, it made a lot of sense. It kind of makes you feel like you're sitting in a live in a very large living room. Well, Daniel, how was that intentional on um, the design team's part? How did you take Pierre's vision and really wrap your head around that and and execute it in a way that sounds and seems like it's been so successful? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I think that was part of the design. I'm going to tell you first that. Out of all the project typologies that I work on, project types, restaurants are by far my favorite. I mean, I am a foodie regardless, right? Um, I'll, I'll share pictures of my paellas like they're babies. Um, and they are. And I, I love um, everything about gathering as, as, as people, as human beings, you know, sort of be able to gather around a meal, good wine. Um, but the food is one component of it, right? Pierre does an amazing job. He's chefs. That menu is just uh, quite amazing. So if you are able to um, enjoy through your senses what comes in through your mouth and your nose, and visually, in terms of plates, the environment should be able to balance that out. So this idea of timelessness we've designed, that is about longevity, and that's all about having a place that is um, consistent, right? That can give you something, you know, time and time again. But what we created with Aria is something that later I found in Swedish uh, design. The Swedish call it Higa. And Higa is kind of like cozy. You know, that would be the closest way that you can translate it to English. But for them, it's much more of a way of living. And it's a way in which you can balance all of the materials within the environment that you're designing, right? It's about soft lighting, you know, that sort of warm, glowing light that makes you feel cozy. Um, the amount of light where the light is reflected. Uh, the contrast ratio so that when you come in, we call it theatrical lighting, right? It's not just abundance of light everywhere, but light crafted so that when you come in, sensorially speaking, when you're outside and it's daylight or you're coming at night, you know, what does that do to your eyesight? 
the materials, the textures, what you touch, what it feels when you sit on the chairs, those comfy chairs that, you know, Pierre was describing, the ability to create different nooks of seating so that if you come in, you have a place to sit and enjoy yourself, whether it is you, yourself, a small group, a couple, or even throwing a party upstairs. I think the lighting, you know, was critical for the development of the restaurant and this concept of the firefly sort of trickling up the stairs, kind of leading you up. You know, in retail, it's very difficult to get people to go up, right? We sort of land on one floor and stay on that floor. We're not very curious as to what happens upstairs. So we had our intent to be able to create, you know, this sort of threshold that went up the stairs with the trickling lighting and then that sort of texture wall that Pierre described the other day that kind of feels like, um, that feels like stone. It feels like corduroy or a different kind of texture, very well illuminated. All those are design moves created to perhaps disarm your senses. So Daniel, some of these challenges that were inherent in the space, how were you able to successfully navigate them from making an exterior space into an interior space and dealing with the multiple levels? Well, John, you know it takes a village, right? I mean, it took a very multidisciplinary team to be able to figure all that out, right? Um, from an interior design perspective, yeah, we can craft, you know, that space, but structurally speaking, it was very complex. You know, there were structural elements right underneath, you know, the entrance that's supporting the parking deck below that, you know, were very delicate. You're talking about main structural components of the building itself, meaning, you know, below it, there's parking spaces. Uh, there's a deck. It was uh, a lead uh, certified building. So all those components in terms of designing early on the stages of lead uh, certification had to be considered. Um, you know, the fact that Pierre, you didn't talk about this, but you had a heck of a program, right? Your kitchen is large, you know, yeah. so that you could serve, you know, the, um, the founder's hall for events. So this was a very unique restaurant in that the kitchen is a little bit larger than most. But, you know, Pierre said it last you know, he had a desire to create an environment by which you can pretty much walk through the street and look straight in all the way into that kitchen, right? And as Brianna said, you can also look out and see what's happening outside. It, it takes a village, you know, it takes, uh, it takes a lot of different disciplines to come together, you know, as a team unified, you know, with strong collaboration. And at the end of the day, none of that happens without a, a very strong vision. And that's the one that Pierre provided for us, right? That vision of what he wanted to create in terms of that look and feel, that Higa that I mentioned earlier, that's something that Pierre sort of reiterated time and time again. He might not be able to articulate it, you know, like the professionals that developed the concept, but he definitely relayed that to us and we were able to translate it in materials and finishes and everything else that you see in the space. A good architect always, I think, uh, reads the mind of the customer, whether that customer can relate or can relay this message in plain English or um, or not. I mean, I have, through my career, I've always, uh, you know, had people around me like architects where I, we could just say two, three words and they say, oh, I get it, I get it. Okay, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with some additional guests. At Ortho Carolina, personalized orthopedic care goes beyond my appointment. Accessible, comprehensive, and compassionate. It's my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. 
Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash BPA Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. If Aria could talk, it would say, I wish I could write a book. If Aria could talk, it would say, wow, what great times we have created here and hope more follows. If Aria could talk, it would say, welcome back, mainly because every time you go, it just keeps getting better. We just heard from our next guest, Brianna Cohen, who has worked with Pierre for 25 years and is the managing partner of Sonoma Restaurant Group and Aria. Bob Race and Matt Boyd are a married couple who are very frequent patrons at Aria and have made some very special memories that we'll hear about in just a bit. Bob is a commercial real estate broker with Newport Properties Commercial Division and was formerly the town manager of Cornelius for 10 years. Matt is a residential broker with Brookshire Hathaway. He formerly worked in the Bank of America Corporate Center where Aria is located. So he and Aria go way back. Welcome everybody, thanks for joining. Thank you. Brianna, you told us that the restaurant is alive with about 200 people, 200 different people every single night. How do you manage all the moving parts to make Aria such a unique experience for everyone? I think the main goal has always been to make every guest feel special. Restaurant people in general are multitaskers at the core of their soul. So that's basically how we spend our day, moving from one thing to another without really thinking too much about it. Um, So we try to make every single person that comes through the door, if they're not already a regular, we try to make them become one. Brianna, the windows onto Trade Street must provide for some entertainment for both patrons and staff alike. Do you have any stories that you might tell about that? Uh, yes. Uh, I mentioned when the circus was in town, what a great moment it was when everybody was in the middle of the hustle and bustle of the night including the kitchen, and all of a sudden there's a parade of elephants going down the middle of Trade Street, and everyone stopped, servers, patrons, the chef, everybody, just to watch because it was such an unusual thing to see in the middle of an evening in Uptown Charlotte. So you definitely never know what's going to happen outside the window, which is kind of fun. 
interesting to kind of have that that connectivity to to the activity going on inside and then also the activity going on outside so that's that's cool about the circus when we think about brianna like you know how restaurants play such a vibrancy in uptown what's your thoughts on that how do you feel like aria plays that role I think the hope with Aria when we first opened it, and I think every day is that you connect with the people that live and work in your community. Um, when we first opened and weren't many people that lived in Uptown, there were a lot of people that worked in Uptown. And, you know, 11 years ago, they were starting to build the condos and apartment buildings and trying to develop that side of the Uptown community and over the years they have successfully done that um, in the sense of providing actual residences for people to live in and you try to become part of their daily life whether it's for lunch or for dinner or you know special occasions celebrations so you hope to weave yourself into that I think that Charlotte keeps striving for that Brianna, you uh, thought that Aria would say, I wish I could write a book. So without, <laughs> without, yes, without walls. naming names, uh, <laughs> do you or Pierre have any little tidbits that you might share with us? There are so many, I'm going to say it generally, and then Pierre can chime in, but there are so many things that, there are so many business deals that have gone down at the chef's table while nobody has any clue that anything is going down and then you read about it in the paper or on the news first thing in the morning. It's quite and those fascinating. Are, those are big um, deals too, right? Major yeah. deals. I mean, you know, I'm going to interject here, Lucas. We're, we're at the bottom of Bank of America Corporate Center. So um, it's always, um, you know, it, it's, it would not be unusual for the CEO of the bank or, you know, the managing um, folks of the bank to be sitting at the bar and, and, you know, either eating dinner or having a glass of wine or whatever. And then, um, and then, or there would be a meeting with somebody else and, and you would start Googling the name of that other person. It's like, oh my God, that person is here. And then the next day you read in the paper that there was some, you know, it, it's happened before where where like they were, you know, I guess negotiating, uh, you know, like mergers, mergers or, or acquisitions <laughs> or something like that, and it just happened the night before that the the deal was done. So it was it was always, and then this is this is on the corporate side, and then you go on the on the you know civilian side, so to speak. I mean, like we've had people walk in and then we've had Michael Jordan sitting in the dining room and, and it's like everybody's just face just drops. Um, and, and like Brianna said, that, I mean, you know, we have some interesting stories that's probably not rated um, for podcasts, but uh, so, but you know, we could write a book or she could write a book. About just like you say, oh, there's Michael Jordan. You also say, well, there's Bob and Matt. 
Nice button. That's right. Man, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for somebody to mention that. For attention. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they come in more than Michael Jordan. They do. They're more VIP than Michael. <laughs> we, we, let's, let's face it. We have not been there for almost six days. So <laughs> we're talking about going tonight. Love it. Bob and Matt, the two of you have celebrated some very special occasions together at ARIA. Tell us uh, about some of those. Sure. Do you want me to? All right. Uh, so we actually selected ARIA for a reception for us after we got married. Uh, quick little story. We decided on, a, I think, a Sunday. We were going to get married on a Friday. And then picked up the phone and called Aria and just for a small group of folks to come after our uh, ceremony and they pulled it off without a hitch and you'd have thought that we had been planning it for months and months and months but obviously we hadn't so that was one special occasion we had there we also had a milestone birthday for Bob uh, we took the whole upstairs space and invited Oh, I don't remember how many people, but uh, had a sit down dinner up there. And that was also great. And, you know, we also celebrate other not quite as monumental events in our lives, a uh, promotion, uh, a big deal or a birthday or just a random Tuesday night because it's all important. So, yeah, we, we tend to go there um, because of what I said earlier. It's a place that we always feel very welcome and very excited to go to. So like Brianna said, for us, um, we live right outside of Uptown. Um, we do treat the Uptown area as what we call our bubble. So we do go there a lot, but it is also for us a destination and a special event place for us. And Bob, you want to add anything? Well, and I would just say it's, it's such a family environment for us that, you know, I said we're, it's been almost six days since we've been there. And, and we went there last Friday because one of our really close friends was, she was in town from Wilmington. Where do we all want to go? We want to go to the chef's table at Orion. You know, we could have picked any restaurant, but that's where we go. When my, my folks who just relocated from, from Corneas from the lake to Florida, when they come in, when they, they came in town just two weeks ago and haven't seen them in a year and a half, you know, it, it's, you start looking at our pattern and, you know, it just, it's our family. It's, it's a feel good place for us. You mentioned the chef's table. We haven't talked too much about that. Favorite. Tell, tell us a little bit more. What, what makes it a favorite? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, especially during COVID, uh, we got into, you know, I think you can put like six or eight people in there. Uh, it was a way to have dinner with people in our bubble, which made us feel very comfortable. But also it's just, it, it, it feels more um, private in there. Um, and it is a little bit more intimate. Plus you're sitting right in the kitchen. It's very exciting to watch everything that happens in there and uh, from the expediting of food to you know, just them calling out orders and firing up things. It's just a great place to, to sit. I and, and, I've, and I've had the opportunity to sit at a couple chef's tables, uh, Emerald Gazi's in, in um, New Orleans and stuff. And it, it does make you feel special. And, but it's also amazing because I think and Pierre and, and Brianna, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure if any other or very few restaurants in Charlotte have a chef's table room. And I'm just always amazed by how the, the kitchen operates. I mean, it's like, you know, clockwork. It's like, there's, it doesn't seem like they ever miss a beat. And I'm fascinated by just watching them. And there I can have the bird's eye view. 
if we feel a little special because we get to go in there and sit with you know close friends and you just watch all this stuff just being prepared and it's just it's just amazing so if the Bloomingthal doesn't have anything going on that night you can go to the chef's table and get dinner and a show I imagine with you all going so frequently, Bob and Matt, you probably could be some guest contributors to Brianna's book, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Not your own, not not necessarily your own. Subjects. Yeah. Not subjects. Just contributors. Leave before the crazy. Yeah. 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 All right. All five of our guests need to get ready because we're going to have a lightning round here. Love it. All right. So favorite cocktail. Cocktail, I probably, um, I'm going to say, uh, uh, Brianna probably testifies to that, but I've been stuck on this one bottle of wine for the last, I don't know, five years, and I have not switched. Well, he's um, switched now because of the pandemic, <laughs> because we can't get it from Italy. <laughs> so, but it's that Regaliali Bianco for me. Okay. And this is favorite cocktail at Aria. Brianna, do you have one? Aperol Spritz. Okay, Bob. Martini. Matt. A dirty martini. Daniel. Oh, I'm Negroni all the way. (laughs) What about your favorite appetizer? Daniel, you want to go first? Okay, Brianna. Meatballs. We have a, a gnocchi dish that we have not taken it off the menu for 11 years um, as a starter, which is the caramelized gnocchi with like prosciutto and then pear and uh, gorgonzola, like dolce. Just it, all these flavors blended together just, just kind of awakes your senses. Daniel, with your expression, it looks like it sounds like that might be one of your favorites. Pierre, you stole it. But it's yours. <laughs> you should have it. I love that gnocchi. Bob and Matt, so how that's, about you? So that's my wife. Definitely the meatballs with their wonderful Caesar salad. Oh, mine's got to be the mussels. I'm obsessed with them right now. All right. Entree. Bob. Chicken parmesan. Matt. Oh, I typically order any of the fish special that's, that's happening at the moment. So that's usually my favorite. Daniel. Oh, Osobuco kind of guy. Okay. Brianna. Risotto. Pierre. Well, as a, uh, as a restaurateur, I get asked that question a lot, and I never tell you the correct answer. <laughs> not a because, correct answer. No, not this is about correction. It's about, like, I will never pick one dish just because um, – the thing like we 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 change we make our pastas in house and and every single one of them um, is different and delicious so I, I I I I always gravitate towards any pasta but I do have a a, a weakling uh, or or a weakness towards the carbonara mm. lately. Mm. And last but not least, dessert, which is my favorite. Bob and Matt? Uh, I am obsessed with the gelato, and I typically, I think it's the mascarpone gelato that I, that I really love, Brianna. I think that's the one that I levitate toward most. And I would say, I, mean, the, yeah. I would say the gelato, but as of two weeks ago, I think it just switched. Brianna helped me out, my mom and I. 
That's oh, you had an affogato. <laughs> so espresso with gelato in it. I'm I'm a I'm a classic. I'm gonna go with tiramisu. You know, just the 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 soft uh, velvety texture. The a uh, little bit of alcohol that might or might not be in it. You know, it's it's a great way to end. If it's not gonna be a liquid dessert, if it's a liquid dessert, then I'll have a different answer. But if we're gonna keep it uh, rated, um, you know, multi, I'll stick tiramisu. <laughs> Taking all kinds I think of notes. I always here. love our pastry chef or our she's our chef de cuisine for Chiquetti, but uh, Kelsey she makes these seasonal crostadas from scratch. Right now she's doing strawberry, but I love them. It's like your own fruit pie just for you. <laughs> They're so great and warm. Sounds delicious. All right. Yeah. This is the last question and it's for Pierre. Which is most important, the design of the restaurant or its cuisine? Um, they, to be honest with you, they're equal. Um, I, I pay, I think this, the, the, both of them have got to be in sync with each other for a restaurant to be successful. Uh, one cannot live without the other. Great. Kelly, any final thoughts about our conversation today? Well, yeah, I think, you know, just to go back and reiterate, I think what Brianna was talking about, you know, having this conversation today just makes me realize that the vibrancy of Charlotte's uptown just rests so much in this tapestry of destinations, you know, whether it is a museum or a theater or the baseball stadium and none of those places, you know, can be successful without great places to eat. And I feel like we've learned today that Aria has played a long standing role in bringing people together and really contributing to the success of our city. So Kelly, if Aria Tuscan Grill could talk, what would it say? I think it would say, come uptown, grab your friends, experience the uniqueness of uptown, and then come settle into my living room and enjoy a nice plate of food and some great memories. Well said. So... If Don? this, yeah, if I'm, this space has a song in its heart, it has to be at Aria, right? It can, it can only be. And unfortunately, my Italian is a little rusty, and I don't think that Giuseppe Verdi in 1850 uh, really would have been able to capture the essence of this particular space. However, with apologies to Giuseppe, I'm going to borrow uh, the tune from his La Donna Mobile aria from Rigoletto. And somewhere Luciano Pavarotti will be wincing, but here goes. I'm excited for this, John. I just cannot wait. If you want to have the best time dining, come to Uptown, <laughs> to my beautiful space. Feast on my Tuscan fare, drink up my Chianti, stay for some dolce and a lemoncello too. Enjoy, enjoy. Enjoy yourself.
Had no idea. Had no idea you could do this. Way to go, John. That's Way right. to go. He, he, he has a tune for every podcast. He ends with a song. So this was a challenge. You did great, John. <laughs> right, well, thank you. Kelly and I would like to thank our guests, Pierre Bader, Daniel Montano, Brianna Cohen, Bob Race, and Matt Boyd. Our sponsor, Ortho Carolina, Brian Balsosevich and his team at Queen City Podcast Network. Andy Spain and Ryan Davis for post-production and Heather McQuilkin, our chief of staff at Little, who expertly combines all of the ingredients to create this podcast, not unlike a great chef in a timeless Tuscan grill. Tell your friends about us and subscribe to If Buildings Could Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and feel free to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening and we'll look forward to having you join us for the next episode.